skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair? So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash justbreakup. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash justbreakup for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like when people come in hot and leave us in the cold, <laughs> asking for too much, and being used. Being used. Yes. <laughs> but before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we have no credentials to do this. Yes, we are not professionals. We are not qualified in this. Um, yeah, you really are talking to two <laughs> random strangers. <laughs> it's like going up to somebody at the bus stop and being like, listen, I'm going to mm -hmm. spill my heart to you. Please give me good advice. Yes. 40% of the time, it'll be pretty solid advice. <laughs> and that's I, honestly, true of our yes. podcast, too. 40% <laughs> I think might be too high. Yeah. Well, it just depends. It it depends on who you run into. You know? Oh, I was talking about our podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking about the bus stop. Okay. Well, this is all to say, please take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome to episode 50, Sam. I know. I'm so excited. That's half of 100. It is. It's our, our golden anniversary. Yeah. Is that right? what that is? I think so. 
<laughs> loving dating experts over here, <laughs> ladies and gents, and those who do not subscribe to the binary. Yeah, that's right, because 25 is silver, and then 50 is gold. Yeah. So where's my gold ring <laughs> you were supposed to buy me? <laughs> Listen, I could turn it back to you. This The goal, you don't, one, you didn't give me a present. I got, I got flustered. Two, the gold you get is the joy of my presence. Oh. Like the sun. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm just going to end what this is here. The, what is the price per ounce on that? Too expensive for you, squirrel friend. <laughs> I feel attacked, and we've been recording for 60 seconds. This is how the show works. <laughs> okay, so our check-in topic today is inspired by two letters uh, from listeners that I mashed together. Uh, and they are totally different circumstances, but I pulled out the underlying tone or question from both of them. And the letters are from Anonymous. Um, Get it? Anonymous. Anonymous. <laughs> God, you clever... <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, And the other one is Sophia Nunn. Um, And these two people wrote in essentially asking very different, uh, with different relationship experiences, but we're asking, one wrote about um, asking us, how do you know when a relationship can get better Mm -hmm. through work, like if you're going through a hard time, or uh, when it just isn't working anymore? Mm -hmm. Basically, like, when to end a relationship, you know? Um, And the other person, Sophia, wrote, uh, what is our advice and tips on how to keep your eyes clear from love bias, Mm -hmm. which I think is a really great phrase that I'm going to steal. Put that on a t-shirt. I know. (laughs) And be able to reason in a relationship and not be blinded by who they used to be. So what Sophia Ah. is essentially asking is, like... You know, we all love the people that we are with. Yep. And how do we not be blinded by the love we have for them or who they used to be or what the relationship used to be? And how do we decide when is enough is enough or when to keep working? Right. It's a big fucking question to start our episode out with. It definitely is. <laughs> I was like, do you want to check in about the most intense topic about dating and relationships ever? Yeah, no, it's really intense. And like, I feel like we could talk for three hours about yes, both of those things. Totally. Um, I love the phrase love bias because, mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to steal it, Sophia, just to say we get so many letters where people, and a couple of them today will deal with it. Um, we get so many letters where people say like, I love this person so much. They are... Um, my world, they're my best friend. You know, when we met, there were sparks flying and now they treat me like garbage, but I love them so much, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Yep. And I do think we get totally blinded by this um, bias that we have for people that we have, that we love. And, and, and it's a two-way street. One, we allow intimate partners to treat us in a way that we would never allow strangers to. Right, yep. And two, we treat ourselves worse than we would ever treat another person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, there's that, number one. This combination of those two things lead to really bad relationships. <laughs> Which we all have. That's funny. It's like I think we think of love at, and all the highs that it brings. But mm-hmm. I really think that love is is equal, if not more, amount of p- pain and, and suffering. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm serious. Like, uh-huh. you know, dating is a it's a brutal landscape sometimes. Yeah. And love is even harder. And. Uh, falling out of love. We, you know, just today I read so many letters like, "Oh my God, I'm going through my first breakup," or mm-hmm. "I just left my partner of ten years," and and it's it sucks. It sucks to be hurting in love. It does, like for sure. like no other pain. <laughs> yep. Um. Anyway, so do you? 
Do you have any techniques about like how you decide when enough is enough or like when a relationship is sick, but it can get better Mm -hmm. versus a terminal relationship? Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to, as it always does, is open and honest communication. Mm. Um, And that if you're unable to have that, then it's never going to get better. And so So that's that's a sign. That's like like your bottom line is is like, if you can't talk about it, what future is there? Absolutely. And I think, um, which isn't to say that open and honest communication is like the cure all for every bad relationship. Right. But it does make it easier if it's not happening. That's like, it's never going to get better unless it happens. Totally. And second, even if it is happening, it makes it easier for you to figure out whether or not the relationship is going to get better. Because you, if you're being honest about your feelings and the things that aren't going well, then you can make a rational decision based on the best interests of both of you. I think I love that, actually. Earlier, you were like, I'm not prepared to speak on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have never broken up with someone. So. I think that I know you're you're a little angel I've only saint. been dumped. It's um, fine. But I, I think that's a really powerful Bottom line, right? Like just to be number one, the litmus test is, are you open and honest with each other? Mm -hmm. And if no, then that is the one thing that has to change before anything else happens. Yep, for sure. I love that. Uh, My piece of advice when it comes to like a sick relationship versus uh, terminal mm-hmm. <laughs> is actually about my terminal dog <laughs> oh. <laughs> who died of cancer. <laughs> really um, starting things off on a yeah, light yeah, yeah. note in okay, this episode. Okay, so trigger warning to all pet lovers out there. Um, I lost my dog to cancer almost three years ago, and he was the best dog, as all dogs who die too young are. Yep. Um, and I swear this is going to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but when my dog um, got uh, was diagnosed, we went through a couple-month period where we didn't know if we could operate or if chemo was worth it. Um, we just didn't know what stage she was at. And it was kind of like a slow, agonizing couple months where we didn't know in which direction the tide was going to go. Mm-hmm. And. It, it came down to a potential surgery that never happened because they realized he was way farther along in his cancer than we thought he was, yada, yeah. yada. And then they said, okay, but you can keep him alive for $7,000 for the next four months if you want. Right. And I was like, well, <laughs> I am a professional poet, people. <laughs> like, I can't write myself out of this shit. Yeah. Um, but I... In, in a moment of exasperation, but also very genuine, um, I don't know, vulnerability and curiosity, I, I just asked the, the vet or the oncologist, actually, mm-hmm. like what it was going to look like and when I was going to know. Because this is the last appointment. This is the appointment that I decide, like, OK, I'm going to walk out this door yep. with my dying dog and and I'm going to wait until he's dying. Mm-hmm. To call the vet to put him to sleep, essentially. Um, And uh, so it was kind of like a last hurrah of like, tell me what I need to know before him and I venture into this last little, you know, uh, adventure together. The end of his life was just great for him. It was beautiful. (laughs) I took him on an end of road, uh, end of life road trip. And he like ran with horses and Mm -hmm. ate ice cream cones and pizza and people like fed him off of their plates. It was beautiful. And it was, we could get into the bigger reason why holistically losing my dog, my four-year-old dog to cancer um, 
was a learning experience for me, but I won't. I will, <laughs> but I will share this one thing. So I asked that what, how will I know when to call um, the basically the euthanization yep. service? Mm-hmm. And she said, make a list of what makes your dog happy, mm-hmm. the essential I- identifiers for him as a dog. And write it down. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that list and when he stops doing those things, when those things that bring him joy now no longer bring him joy or he's no longer capable of, of doing them, yep. then it's time. And sure enough, I went home and tearfully I wrote, okay, he loves food. <laughs> he loves food. He would wake me up in the morning, no matter how late we went to bed, he mm-hmm. would wake me up when the sun came up to feed him. Mm-hmm. And he loved going to the dog park, number yep. two. Yep. He loved going to the dog park. He loved running. He loved playing. He was always down for an adventure. And number three, he loved me. He was so attached to me. We were so codependent. <laughs> um, and uh, he always would snuggle with me and anything. And sure enough, um, the three days before he died or before I ended up um, putting him down, I he didn't one day he didn't wake me up to feed him. And mm-hmm. then I, I fed him, but he only ate half of his bowl. Mm-hmm. And later that day, he was slow at the dog park. And the next day, he couldn't eat. And then the day after that, he... So I fed him a donut, first of all. I fed, I fed him a <laughs> peanut butter-covered donut Love to it. entice him into eating. And then the third day, he didn't wake me up, he couldn't eat, and he couldn't walk anymore. Oh. I know. It's okay, because he never stopped loving me. That's right. <laughs> um, but it was so empowering to me, even though this is, like, very emotional for pet owners. Um, it was very, it, it gave me a tangible way to look at something that was so painful. Mm-hmm. Really. It gave me, it gave me a map through that extreme grief. Right. Yeah. And I could follow those map that map, um, and make a little bit more sense of this nonsensical emotional landscape. Right. Yeah. And so I've actually thought about this in a human way since then of like, well, to the wonderful people who wrote in asking, when do I know if my relationship is sick or terminal? Do we keep working or do we end it? Mm-hmm. You know, how do, how do we salvage it? Um, or is it worth salvaging? Make a list of what you loved when it started, mm-hmm. when it happened. And I want you to be honest with yourself about whether those things are still there. And I'm not talking about the ghost of this. I'm not talking about the memory of the person that they used to be. I'm saying, okay, I liked this person in the beginning because they made me laugh and they made me feel special. It's not, do they have the capacity to make me feel special or make me laugh? It's Mm -hmm. that, do they do that now? Right? Do they prioritize me now? Are they capable of having honest and open conversations now? And if those things, if if those identifiers of what your love was when you fell in love are no longer active, are no longer being fulfilled, then it's time for, if if not a termination of that relationship, a serious restructuring. Yep. Something drastic needs to change for that relationship to be revitalized again. Mm-hmm. That's great. And I, it does help add some parameters to yeah, I think we need something it. that's complicated. Yeah. And I mean, I think at the end of the day— you're never going to know. Like, there's not going to be 
a divine voice that comes down and says, this relationship is awful and it's over. <laughs> Except for Sam's voice on right? the podcast. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah. That's what all, everybody, that's another thing we should say, though. It's like everybody wants a sign. Yep. Everybody wants a decision to be made for them. And right. I'm wildly guilty of that. Oh, for sure. I, I, I literally have, the, my the last move I made back mm-hmm. to Minneapolis, mm-hmm. I asked somebody to read my tarot cards. <laughs> Right. And the what's really cute is that uh, the week before I try, decided where to move, it was between two cities. And one of them was back to Minneapolis, back mm-hmm. to Sam yep. and my friend group, and which led us to start this podcast. That's right. But um, the week before I was with Sam in Minneapolis and um, we had done this stupid, what is your astrological spirit animal yeah. or something like that? It was obviously something it's made called primal astrology. Yeah, it's made up on the internet. I'm sure. <laughs> like it was like one step away from being a BuzzFeed quiz. Yeah, but it was an extensive website. Right. Exactly. So whatever. Anyway, <laughs> Sam looked it up, and his is a hummingbird. Uh huh. And like a week later, I asked the this person I know in the Philippines to read my cards for me, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Okay, so I first picked a card that is going to be your guide." for answering this question and he flipped over a card and it was a hummingbird (laughs) which i think is also cute because it was my very first tattoo oh Um, it was a sign it was a sign and the rest of the tarot (laughs) cards were totally accurate they basically were like you can go to this one city and find yourself and and enrich yourself creatively and with your friends and find love and the other one was like and in this city you're going to be spending way too much money and the other city was la Oh, that's he didn't awesome. know. Yeah, it was that's really great. cute. Um, anyway, this is all to say you don't actually get signs like that <laughs> all the time, especially sure. in times of the heart, in te- especially in the times of the heart when you're like balanced, when you're torn yep. between what was and what could be and what is. Mm-hmm. All we want is clarity, right? AKA a sign or yep. AKA someone making the decision for us. And how do we deal with that desire for this master plan or this this godly thing to make the decision for us. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's what is hard about it. But the the reality is, is that you have to also trust your instinct too. Like mm-hmm. um, my guess is, is that, that folks writing in about this probably know what the answer is. <laughs> yeah. I knew, I knew I wanted to come back to Minneapolis. Right. Exactly. And there are things that I do all the time where I like get other people's input on stuff and then they say like they give me the opposite advice and I'm like no no that's not it and now I know that the thing that I want to do is the thing that I want to do <laughs> yeah um and so you know talking to family and friends is a great way to do it because I think even if they don't give you advice that you want to take it will help you shape what your own thinking about it is um because it can be really hard to sit and stew by yourself and like go through the cycle and go mm-hmm. through the cycle of thinking um Without being able to get some outside perspective, which I think is like one of the reasons why we get so many letters is just Mm -hmm. because like, even if our advice is shit, at (laughs) least like you have a sounding board to be like, wait, that doesn't sound right. They're what are what they're saying isn't right. Or yes, absolutely. They are like tapping into something that I already knew was happening. And like so many of the letters were like, we, you know what to do. You know what to do. (laughs) Don't go to your ex's new play. Yeah. I read that letter today. If you know what I'm talking about, don't go. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sorry. I got the giggles from that. Um, absolutely. Uh, and I also, when you were talking, I was thinking, I really think that we should start um, 
uplifting the what is mm-hmm. instead of praying to the what was or what could be. Absolutely. Right? Like, what is there? Yep. Not what was there or what there could be. Yeah. I mean, you can't make any decision until you confront the reality around you. And yes, like, bitch. sometimes that's the hardest part, too, is to like, like, your dog dying, <laughs> for example, like confronting the reality oh that your dog was dying was probably just as hard as like making the decision about his end of life treatment. Totally. I it that that step by that that advice that the oncologist gave me um, when she told me that I was like, no fucking way. There's no way <laughs> I'm going to call my call somebody to come to my house and kill my dog. I'm yeah. never going to be ready or mm-hmm. strong enough to do that. Yep. But when I sat down with what my dog used to be, which and now what he is, yep. what was there, I knew. I and I had and I found the strength in myself. Like right. I found the strength in myself to call the vet. I may have done it while sitting in his dog crate with him crying. <laughs> But I found that fucking strength. That's great. And it's the same thing when you're trying to euthanize your relationship, yes, right? exactly. Just put that bitch to sleep. Wildly insensitive we are. Uh, but it's true. Like, that's... Uh, we're the... just joking. We all know. We know how painful this is. Yeah. We're, and... we're mostly laughing at the pain we've been through. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, and that's the issue is that, like, confronting the actual reality is hard because you're like i don't think i have the strength or will to get through this right but here's the thing is that the universe is going to continue to throw shit at you yeah and it's not going to care whether or not you can handle it Uh -uh. (laughs) so Uh -uh. this second topic is going deep (laughs) (laughs) so like no matter what happens in your relationship if you know it's broken you have the strength within you to end it you do even if it feels like you don't but i can promise you that like it's you're either going to end it because it's broken now or it's going to break more and force mm-hmm. you into something that is just as painful. Yes. So, like, why wait? Just rip that Band-Aid off. Just break up. <laughs> like, you know what's so funny is that we're, we always defend ourselves. We're like, we talk about way more than just breaking up. We would never tell a good relation. And we're like, just break up. <laughs> Just today, just today, we're giving that limited sliver of advice. Yes, but also like maybe stay together and work it out. But you got to have that open and honest communication. Yes, going back to step one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this episode is already 45 minutes long. Let's get into our letters. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I 
love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. This letter is from Jay, who is writing from Minneapolis. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I am in my mid-20s and have been going on dating apps off and on for the past year since my ex-boyfriend and I broke up about a year and a half ago. I don't love dating apps, but they're also the best way for me to meet people right now. Most of the dates I've been on have been pretty enjoyable, but I also have a policy that when I'm not feeling it, I am very straightforward about it because I think being open and communicative is the best policy. Clearly, not everyone is quite as into straightforward (laughs) communication, including these two guys that I recently was seeing. Guy number one and I hung out a few times, each time for many hours. The last time we hung out, he said, can we do this again soon, please? Fast forward a few days when he texted me saying he was feeling anxious about starting a relationship, but that he thought I was interesting and funny and awesome and felt really bad. I appreciated the communication and he deleted his Bumble account, so I felt pretty at peace with it all. I liked his honesty and his self-awareness. Sometime within the next few days, I was swiping and came across his new profile. What? Why didn't he just tell me he wasn't into me? Also, it seems like so much (laughs) unnecessary effort to delete an account and make a whole new one the next day. (laughs) Legit. The other situation. For the past month, I've been texting with and hanging out with this other guy. I've spent several nights at his house, and it was always really great and comfortable, and we had some pretty real and personal conversations. He was communicative and said stuff like, I'm so glad you're here, and things that insinuated that we'd hang out in the future. 
But before we were supposed to hang out last week, he texted me saying he was excited to hang out and that he'd had a bunch of busy and stressful nights that week, so he was looking forward to actually enjoying an evening. Then he had a family emergency come up. Super understandable that he prioritized that. He apologized, saying he was really sorry for being so hard to make plans with. I shared my understanding and also that I'd be happy to hang out whenever, even if it was in a while. I feel like this is going to take a turn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Then, after a month of texting every day, he just never responded to that text. I wondered whether it was because he was still dealing with family stuff, but he did have time to post on Instagram and was clearly back in his apartment doing social things, so I don't know. So, I don't think so. If he didn't want to hang out, why wouldn't he just say so? That would have saved me so much anxiety and wondering. I guess these situations have given me the have given me the two following questions. First, why do people say things that their actions clearly contradict? In neither of these situations were these guys sharing their excitement to hang out because I had shared mine and they felt obligated to reciprocate. They shared it out of their own accord and then they soon changed their minds. I get that emotions and headspaces change, but I'm also pretty careful about not saying things if I don't really mean them. Second, how do I trust any men going forward? The biggest question of our time. (laughs) I truly feel like I've gotten to a point where I'm skeptical and wary of anything men say because I feel like a week later they'll completely change their tune. I don't really want to live that life. I just don't get why being upfront about feelings is that hard. Thank you for your help, Jay. Jay, thank you so much for writing, and I better see you at our live show Saturday, <laughs> July 27th in Minneapolis. That's right. Get your tickets at justbreakuppod.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, those are great questions. Yep. And I, uh, before I even attempt to answer them, because I don't think I know the answer to like why humans are inadequate uh-huh. all the time. All the time. Um, I will just say that, which is... Man, I think the human experience is trying our best and sometimes not trying our best and giving other people chronic anxiety and receiving (laughs) anxiety from other people's anti-best. It's true. That is what love is. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And it's great because it doesn't stop after those first months either. It just continues until you die. (laughs) You mean into dating? Or like, oh, I think... I was going to say, like, I was going to wrap up this letter by saying I have felt some of my distrust of people dissipate Mm -hmm. as trust builds, right? Yeah. Um, I think we've said this on other episodes that trust it's easy to trust trustworthy people. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, But what Jay is also talking about is feeling really closed off and really anxious that something, the next shoe is going to drop or the... What is it? The other shoe? The other shoe, yep. The next shoe. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a terrible reality TV show. It does, yes. Uh, Anyway, so, yeah. I I think that it you relax into a relationship Mm -hmm. that is going well if the person is is growing with you, right? Or Mm -hmm. having fun with you. Yep. That was going to be like the light at the end of the tumble. Tumble, Tumble, yes. Light at the end of the tumble. But you disagree (laughs) that it just gets harder. (laughs) No, it doesn't get harder. That was me being dramatic. (laughs) Uh, But like anxiety about the other person, I feel like continues. Yes. But at the, but okay, the anxiety continues, but it gets easier because you like trust that person. And they're around to satiate it. You know, they're like, and they're like, you're like, I know that at the end of the day, we'll get through this thing and that person will still be there. Yeah. Because you've, 
made a commitment and like he i don't know he would have to figure out how to break our lease and shit but hey you watched uh, <laughs> uh you listened to and suggested for a blind date a couple weeks ago uh the show about ghosting mm-hmm. um the this american life right yep. and i think that that is a phenomenon that people really struggle with myself included although i'm a ghoster right like that i have <laughs> mm-hmm. inhabited a graveyard here and there yeah for sure right um and I and I I simultaneously understand it and feel so much empathy towards people who ghost out of interactions, mm-hmm. like our, our listener wrote about. Yep. And I understand because of the because we're messy, complicated, lazy beings. Yep. Right. And then at the other on the other hand, I'm like, oh my god, it'd be so easy. And and Jay writes that it is just the honest and open communication is the right way to do it. You mm-hmm. know, and and that's true. I feel like it's. I'm stuck somewhere between feeling empathetic and feeling like high horsey. Not not in a bad way, but like noble. It's noble to be honest all the time. But I feel like it's an unrealistic expectation. My confusion right now, my inability to talk about it, I feel like is a perfect example (laughs) of the human experience when it comes to dating and and the confusion that that it brings people, you know? But I think... Here's the issue is that I think that we are making assumptions about the motivations of these two dudes, right? Yeah. Like we're, we are assuming that they didn't want to hang out with you anymore and they just didn't know how to tell you that or like they didn't like you and they didn't. But you have no idea what actually happened with with these dudes. Could have been that could have been like, oh, I they didn't like you and they didn't want to have to tell you. But it could have been a multitude of other things that were influencing them to make this decision that they just stopped communicating with you. Or they said that they weren't ready for a relationship and got off Bumble and then the next day changed their mind. And we're like, I actually am ready for a relationship. That is really like holistic and mature (laughs) and kind of you. Because I wanted to laugh and scoff at these men and their inadequacies and their anti-communication, especially when the... Writer seems so forward and grounded in yep. in their feelings, um, but you're right because I do. I think about the my behaviors that I'm most ashamed of. That I, I won't even talk about ghosting, but I I feel like ghosting is a comparable thing to what I'm I'm imagining in my head right now. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, struggles to communicate yep. or avoidance or whatever. And so often those things, those behaviors that I'm not always super proud of, if I'm being transparent, are very much influenced by other triggers in my life. Right, exactly. You know, um, for example, I've had some people take uh, take advantage of my warm and empathetic heart. Yep. Uh, so much so that when somebody comes to me with, like, a mental health crisis, I have to check myself and make sure that, like, I don't immediately, like— become cold to them Mm -hmm. because I had been, I've been taken from a lot in the past. Right. And, and I'm not saying I like don't respond to these people, but, um, that's, that could be interpreted as me ghosting somebody who's like, Hey, I'm anxious right now. Can you talk to me? Mm -hmm. Um, but instead it's me responding to several years of emotional labor and trauma that I experienced through my students and, and peers and people I dated. Right. Yep. For sure. Um, so that's kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of me towards them, but I'm also trying to be kind to you as well, Jay. Yeah. And give you a little tough love of stop ascribing motivations to people that you don't know what their actual motivations are. Yeah. Because at the root of this 
is it's not helpful for you, right? At the root of this is you assuming that they don't want to be hanging out with you, that there's something that they saw on you that they didn't like. And you don't know that's true. Damn, Jay, we're both being dragged right now, just so you know. Like, I'm I'm on the other side of the room. Sam just dragged me so hard. So if and you're I, feeling a little, like, rug burn, me too. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, and I'm not trying to say that in... Uh, like in a mean way. I'm trying to no, say that no, in no. a way that is liberating for you. Like, it is liberating. Re- release yourself from that that fear or release yourself from that self negative self-talk that there's something within you that that person saw and then they just left, right? Yeah. There are a myriad of other reasons why that person didn't respond to you and you will never know why. So don't pick the worst one. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And also the 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 truth of the matter is like there's no accountability in dating. There's none. And, I mean and, until you put a ring on it and then <laughs> then there's like actual right? money involved. Until you um, co-sign a mortgage together. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Um but but especially in dating on dating apps, we are looking for justice in a justiceless world, Yeah, right? There's it's like no the just- wild west. It it's is. like it's like Westeros. <laughs> There's no rules. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. It it you can do I mean this is this is what I think Sam is getting at is that you can bang your head against the wall trying to understand and predict why people will be um the way that they are or act the way they're that they act or communicate with you in an inadequate way mm-hmm. to the standards it, at which you subscribe, at which you employ yourself, right? Right. And that's just, that is an equation you will never going to be, you're never going to be able to solve. And mm-hmm. that's the fucking real head and heart shit right there. Yep. Is that we could sit here and say, oh my God, it totally fucking sucks to be ghosted. We've done episodes on it. It does. It totally <laughs> fucking it sucks totally to be fucking ghosted. Sucks to be ghosted. It's not fun. Or sucks to be, you know, it sucks to date, period. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't. I actually, part of me misses dating, right? Uh-huh. Um, just break up with dating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, this is, we're going in a million different directions away from the comforting. Yes, yep. <laughs> but the real head and heart work is like, okay, I'm going to put myself out there because I believe in human connection. I believe in love. I believe in relationships. I believe in sex and intimacy and vulnerability. So I'm going to continue to put myself out there, not in a world in which there is no ghosting and no uh, poor behavior, Mm -hmm. but despite the poor poor behavior, I'm going to continue to put myself out there despite the things that I know that humans are capable of. Absolutely. Because that poor behavior, that ghosting is not a reflection of you or your worth, right? Those men, for whatever reason they decided to, treated you poorly. But yes. it was not because you deserved it. It was not because there was anything inherently wrong with you. It's because they have their own shit to figure out while you figure yours out. This is a this is an instance of you gotta you gotta like z- find your zen in that higher road. Yep. You know you gotta be like not all journeys can be mine. <laughs> That's right. When they go low, we go high. Right. And you can be like, wow. Wow, this sucks, but I don't. Exactly. <laughs> the t-shirt slogan, <laughs> all of these. <laughs> well, I'm going to make a t-shirt out of that. When they go low, we go high. Nobody has ever said that Nobody before, Nobody has right? ever said that before, yeah. yeah. I just made it up right now. a black woman's <laughs> fucking catchphrase. No way. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, Jay, we, to your second question. <laughs> How do you trust men? 
<laughs> you do because of what I just said. Exactly. I mean, there, that was there's the... love out there, not in the absence. Richard Sykin has a line that is basically like, um, I can't remember the first couple wordings of it, but it's like, I'll, I'll use the word love. Mm-hmm. But it is to love, not because of the absence of violence, but despite the abundance of it, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. is the line of poetry I'm totally <laughs> butchering right now. <laughs> but it, I want you to think, okay, I'm going to choose to put myself out there again, despite. Mm-hmm. Despite is your power place. Despite yep. is your motivation. Because despite all odds, we're still here. Absolutely. We're still fucking humans living on this earth that we're slowly destroying. Yeah, let's talk about climate change now. Here we go. (laughs) Climate crisis, thank you very much. (laughs) But, you know, we're here despite all odds, all of our ancestors. We are our ancestors' wildest dreams, Mm -hmm. right? And so you're going to continue to put yourself out there because you are the despite it all. Absolutely. We love you. Thanks for writing. (laughs) We just did the most intense answer to, like, the question, like, why does dating suck? We do this anthemic, like, I hope uh, Spencer puts some, like, uh, building music behind the end of that. Oh, why doesn't he do that for the whole episode? Yeah, please don't actually do that, but I was thinking, like, <laughs> what what is the 300 movie? Is that what it's called? The 300? 300. The one with the... Blood yeah. and swords. Mm-hmm. 300, that's what it's called? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, 300 music. <laughs> Glad we got there for that joke. That was, that was worth it. <laughs> The the three hundred movie blood swords, you know what I mean? Slow camera pans. Okay, mm-hmm. or as Our I like s- to call it, six hundred nipples. <laughs> I didn't make up that joke. I'm glad you didn't make. I would love for you to not take credit for that. Okay, this next letter comes from Maddie, who is writing to us from Boston. Maddie writes, "I've been told I should never think I'm asking too much if my partner can't meet my needs." But isn't it possible that I am actually asking too much? Mm. Out the gates, Maddie. Out the fucking (laughs) gates with a great question. For example, my ex wasn't the best at texting because he just didn't use his phone very much. I loved this about him when we were together. But when we were apart and I'd text him and he'd take a long time to respond, I would start to assume the worst. Like he was hurt with another girl or had suddenly lost interest in me, even though he never gave me reason to believe that he'd ever cheat on me. Usually he was working or in class or just hadn't looked at his phone in a while. This communication thing was part of the reason we broke up. But there were so many other great things about him that I sometimes think maybe he is the best match for me and I let him go. Maybe I'll meet another guy who texts back all the time but falls short in another way that is important to me. And what if my needs... Uh, my need to get texted back right away is a sign of an unhealthy tendency like paranoia or anxiety. Then shouldn't I be the one who needs to work on that if it's on my end? I guess my question is, what is the right balance between getting your needs met and adjusting your needs for the right person? Mm. Such a good question. It really is. I tried to read it in my best Carrie Bradshaw voice. (laughs) (laughs) And I started to wonder. I couldn't help but wonder. I couldn't help but wonder, how do I live in New York on such a little writer's salary? (laughs) (laughs) And afford all of those shoes. Yeah. Anyway, I started to wonder, (laughs) were my shoes just a metaphor for my I know, I've been like like trying to come up with like a pithy... Joke. I couldn't help but wonder, but it didn't work. All I'm right, just not as witty as Carrie Bradshaw. City joke. Okay, so Maddie, thank you so much for writing and listening. Uh, this is a great question. 
And I think that um, I think Sam and I will be pretty well aligned in this hypothetically. Great. Uh, but I, I'm I wanna, excited to find out. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to start out and to say I think it's 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 not a one or the other, and I think it's super circumstantial. Yeah, I cannot that's I cannot great. prescribe. Like yes, you should work on your things, um, or or yes, your boyfriend should have texted more because I don't know the nuances mm-hmm. of your relationship. But we can muse about the ideas of asking too much versus taking care of your needs. Do you think that it's possible to ask for too much? Yes. Okay, great. Me too. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that is the foundation of a lot of head and heart work is that mm-hmm. we either are not at we are not getting our needs met. Mm-hmm. Um, because we are not prioritizing our own wellness yep. and joy and happiness, and we're afraid to ask, number one. Or number two, we are not getting our needs met, so we are asking for them in ways that are outside of the realm of healthy, sustainable right. yep. um, communication relationships, et cetera. Um, I was super moved to learn that... Um, when I was studying my Enneagram, which is something Sam and I talk about a lot on the mm-hmm. podcast, and you can look it up if you want. It's called the Enneagram Personality Test, yada, yada, yada. But uh, I'm not going to get into that. But when I was studying, like, my personality type, I was very moved to realize, like, you can be very selfless and then have, like, put all your needs, tamp all your needs down, and then they will come out in unhealthy ways, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just think that we we can ask for way too much, especially— last little part of my weird intro rant, <laughs> especially because of our conditioning. We, a couple of episodes, episodes ago, we talked about fucking rom-cons. Yeah. Coms, yep. rom, rom-cons. Rom-cons. <laughs> Romantic convicts. <laughs> I would watch that. Episode title. <laughs> um, anyway, I think that we have this, like, cultural delusion about what love should look, feel, and um, seem like, you yep. know? Mm-hmm. And that that mirage that we uphold with things like media mm-hmm. um, is something that kind of feeds our paranoia, feeds our anxiety, feeds our unhealthy boundaries, yep. feeds our lack of sense of self. It's like it... It's like, oh my God, I can't fill up my own bucket. I need to I need to fill up my bucket with other people's yeah. presence, approval, right. whatever. Exactly. And I think that's what is that is what I would recommend for you, Maddie, is that I do think that you may have been asking for too much with this calling and texting thing, right? Um which is not a condemnation of your behavior in any way, right? Like yeah. we are all we reacting yeah. to things based on our circumstances and the things that we've learned and the ways that we have been hurt in the past, which is totally understandable. Right. But um, I don't want you to think I have to get better so that I will be better at relationships, right? I want you to think that I want to get better so that I don't have to feel this way when my when my boyfriend doesn't text me back, right? I want to, you to get or you to be thinking about this in a way that how can I move through the world that in a way that creates less anxiety for mm. me. So I want to talk about my attachment style because it sounds like you have an anxious attachment style, I Maddie. I have an anxious <laughs> attachment style too, Maddie. What up, honey? Um, and so like, I don't like moving into into a more secure attachment style 
isn't for the betterment of your relationships, right? It's for the betterment of you. Yeah, it's so that you don't do this self-harming ritual right. of spiraling right. into this uh, mental fear place exactly. that you go to. So I don't want you to blame yourself for asking too, also, for too your much, homie, right? Also, your, your ex-boyfriend, like— was inadequate, right? Because mm-hmm. it led to you breaking up. Period. Right. We're not. We're not going to look back. We're only going to look forward. Looking Moving forward. forward. That's right. I don't really care about your ex. <laughs> <laughs> but looking forward, we're going to say, how can you fully equip yourself, equip yourself, and do the right head and heart work so that you are a strong, stable, sustainable person yep. that can build a relationship off of that strength. Absolutely. So that the the needs that you have are being met by you and not by someone else. Right. Right. I mean. Which isn't to say that we don't need other people because we absolutely do. But in terms of your sense of self, in terms of your own security in the world, right? Like, how can that come from you and not from another person who giving you the validation of constant contact? Right. Um, And so I this question of asking too much, I don't think is like even really the heart of the question. Right. That I think that the actual thing that we're talking about here is self-love is about independence and is about uh finding a way to support yourself in a way that makes relationships with other just icing on top of the cake, mm. right? That that make you a whole person who doesn't need to ask for too much because you are already equipped with the things that you need and the things that you need from other people will become that much clearer, right? You will mm. know when they're, they're deal breakers then because mm-hmm. there will be things that you actually need from other people and not just things that you're not able to provide yourself. Yeah, I totally agree, and I love that you took it here because um, I feel like it is it is a matter of how do I—I I, I feel like even in your letter, Maddie, you were saying when he wouldn't text me back, I would get under this fog of paranoia and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I think if you build up the strength within yourself to not trigger that mm-hmm. or, like, to, to have the ability to— uh, not go on that spiral, you will be able to see much more clearly what your partner brings or does not bring to the table. Yes, right? that's what I was trying to say, but you said it way better. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh. Um, I just mean like, you know, I think that your relationship ended for other reasons. Right. Right. Yes. Yep. Uh, but I do want to kind of going in a different direction or like the exact opposite direction. <laughs> I, I want to stop and talk about texting for one second. Sure. Um. And I, it, I think it aligns with what we were saying, actually, is Great. that, Maddie, it's not that hard for people to text back. Mm-hmm. And if you felt like he wasn't texting you enough, and I mean, like, in a healthy way, yep. yeah. <laughs> right? Like, if he was disappearing for six hours at a time, mm-hmm. like, that is, that it's really fucking easy to text somebody back. And for if sure. you said, this is what I need in a relationship, I need you to check in with me, that's okay. Yeah, that's not asking for too much. Right. <clears throat> so it's about... Understanding within, again, going back to Sam, what Sam was saying, like looking inside, doing the internal work for yourself to so that you have the enough inner resilience mm-hmm. to look inward and say, nope, I trust myself. I trust my boundaries. I trust my needs. Yep. And my needs aren't getting met. Absolutely. Period. Yep. Yeah. And that's that's what it is. It's that well of, of self-sufficiency, mm-hmm. of self-love, of self-reliance, of self-resilience as well that then makes it so much clearer whether or not the this person's inadequacies are deal breakers or not, yeah. whether or not they are not giving you what you need, uh, and so I think that's what that's what we're trying to say. Yeah. It's like this conversation and this conversation that you're having with yourself about asking for too much is not 
the problem. Yeah, right? you know it's what like, I was like. I was thinking, I was looking at the letter while you were talking and thinking like, okay, are there other angles that we can go to? Mm -hmm. But really, Maddie, the the one thing I think that Sam and I want you to go home with is just like it's very easy to trust a trustworthy person in in the similar vein, it is so easy to understand your own needs when you have worked on yourself, when you have done that head and heart work, when you have worked when you have committed to healing, when you have committed to communication, when mm-hmm. you have committed to, to becoming somebody that you love, putting up those needs and boundaries becomes a hell of a lot clearer. Absolutely. It doesn't become easier. No, it does. <laughs> Not always. But, uh, the, but those decisions that we were talking about in the intro, like those decisions, what you have to do and yep. call for become clearer. I think the better Absolutely. you know yourself. Yep. And you won't question whether or not you're asking for too much because you will know exactly what you need to ask and for. And what you're worth. Absolutely. Maddie. Psh, psh, psh. <laughs> Maddie. Maddie, we love you. Maddie, this is a we great love letter. You. you are so worth it. You are so worth getting to know. You are so worth texting back. Yep. Um, And I... I hope that you move into this next season of your life, uh, falling in love with yourself, treating yourself really well, and and figuring out where the ins and outs of what Maddie needs, what they are, what Mm -hmm. those ins and outs are. Absolutely. We love you. Thanks for writing. Thank you. I mean, like, TLDR, yes, you can ask for too much. Uh, that's hilarious. But like, don't sacrifice yourself. Don't do not. You are not worth sacrificing. <laughs> to, 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 to the gods. <laughs> Our next and final letter comes from Shayla Purcell, who is writing from Lexington, Kentucky. Trigger for warning for this next letter. It talks about family abuse and sexual violence. Hey, guys. First of all, I wanted to tell you both how much you have helped me get through one of the hardest times I've faced. You help me make sense of questions that I have that have lingered in my mind. But anyway, I was introduced to you through a practice member from my job. Her name is Caitlin. The last time I saw her, we both laughed about how we should both write letters to you guys about what we're going through. And she was right. So here I am writing you. What's up, Caitlin? (laughs) My name is Shayla. I am 21 years old and freshly single. I was dating a 28-year-old little boy. (laughs) I almost spit out my coffee, Shayla. It was good. I was dating a 28-year-old little boy with a five-year-old daughter and was blindly in love. Over the two and a half years we were together, I paid almost all of the bills, half of the rent, all of the electric, cable, Wi-Fi, groceries, etc., while my boyfriend was only paying his one half of the rent. His mother paid all of his other bills, and he called her for everything under the sun. Anyways, he had a really crappy job making $9 an hour, and I had a good job where I was making $14 an hour. Everything was okay until he got fired. He fell into depression, he wouldn't leave the house, and he was always upset. So I took care of the bills and made sure I was emotionally available to his whining and complaining every single day. I held him while he cried, applied to jobs for him while I worked two jobs, and ran a photography business and went to school full-time. During the time he was unemployed, I caught him cheating on me with multiple women, including one of his exes who called his daughter a whore. I was devastated and couldn't believe he'd done this, but at the time I was being distant toward him and I was frustrated due to the fact that he couldn't find a job and I had to listen to him complain day in and day out. So I made the excuse that he was talking to them because he was just in need of something I wasn't giving to him and I chose to forgive him. A few months went on, and he finally got a good job making $12 an hour, and a week later, I was fired from my job. After being fired, I was pretty devastated and fell into my own depression and dark place. And while I was there for him in his time of need, he abandoned me. 
He would stay out all night, tell me to stop complaining, and didn't pay attention to me at all. One night, I begged him to come home just to hold me and be with me because I'd had such a rough day. He didn't come home until midnight and didn't say a word to me for an hour. So I decided to leave because he didn't even acknowledge my presence and I needed him in that moment. He threw the biggest fit and acted insane, but I ended up coming home the next week after spending some time at my mom's house. When I did come home, he was extra nice to me and I felt like things had finally gotten better. I finally got a job and I tried to come home to tell him about it. He paid me no attention and just sat on the phone. So we started arguing and I told him he was probably cheating on me again. And after I said that, he told me to pack my shit and get out. So I did. I stayed with my friend and when I came back the next morning to work it out, he told me he needed space. So I packed some of my things, went to my mom's house and literally didn't hear from him for a week. Long story short, I ended up telling him that it's over and I saw he changed his relationship status to single on Facebook and I moved everything that was mine out of the apartment, uh, which was pretty much everything except a TV and went to my mom's house. Then when I went, then when I tried to get him to sign me off the lease, he told me I owed him rent money and etc. Well, I didn't. So I just ended up saying that he doesn't have to and kept moving on. Well, it's been two weeks since our breakup, and I found out that he had texted my mother telling her that he wished he had the older and more mature version of Shayla and told her how sexy and great she looked. Uh, <laughs> so creepy. He's also messaged <laughs> multiple of my acquaintances trying to hit them up while we were together, including my friend who was at our house for my 21st birthday party. He's messaged three of my coworkers trying to hit on them since our breakup. I also found out that he was seeing some woman that lived in our apartment complex while we were together, and God knows what else. I really am trying to move on, but I am so disgusted. There is so much to this story, and it would take a novel to put all of the details out there. But I am writing to you because I am literally stunned and in disbelief at the fact that I had no idea who he was. Our mutual guy friend has told me that he hit on women all the time and even said mm. he was a completely different person when he wasn't around me. I want to move on and be happy, but I feel so used and stupid. I paid for everything, took him on trips, and gave my all to someone who lied, manipulated, and cheated on me. How do I let go of all of the things that he did? How do I learn to trust a man again? And most importantly, how do I just accept the fact that I was used? Mm. I already have troubles with relationship and trust due to the fact that I was raped by my own dad for 12 years of my childhood. Mm. I didn't think that my ex would turn around and hurt me this way after I told him all I'd been through. I just feel like he never loved or cared about me at all and that this is such an empty feeling that lingers in my mind 24-7. What did I do to deserve pain like this? Please help. Mm. Shayla, thank you so much for writing. Um, Out the gates, you did nothing to deserve this. No, you didn't. No one out there is... There's no godly force that is creating a tally like a fucking godly Santa Claus <laughs> who, you know, the tally of the good and the bad and the nice and the naughty and is doling out these shitty things that humans do to other humans. Yep. You did nothing to deserve this. And from here on out, I want you to think of yourself um, not as a recipient who deserves this stuff, but a survivor of what life throws at us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because that's what it sounds like you are. Mm -hmm. You so you mothered this person for two years. Two and a half. Right? And he has the audacity to uh, be a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's. I think that's absolutely true. And I, I want you to not, 
just pass over that first part that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to believe this in your heart mm-hmm. that you did not deserve this. Right. You did not deserve any of the shitty things that he did to you, even if you were distant when he was unemployed and being really awful right. to you. Uh, no matter what you did in that instance, you did not deserve to be cheated on. You did not deserve to be lied to, manipulated, abused. You did not deserve any of that. Because at the end of the day, no human deserves that. No. But somehow this is our human experience. <laughs> That's right. Right? That There's at... no justice in this world. <laughs> right. No, there's no justice in dating land. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I think I say that because... I'm sure that there's like at least one or two listeners out there being like, but they always talk about the people who do cheat and how they deserve to be understood or that everybody is accountable and yada, yada, yada. And of course, of course, we do things in relationships that we are not proud of. Right. Mm -hmm. We cultivate toxicity, even if we are not the toxic partner. Right. Like I know that when I was in my most abusive, most toxic relationships, I um, allowed toxicity to grow. I fostered it. I fed it. Yep. Right. Um, but was I deserving ever of mm-hmm. the abuse that I received in that? No. no, absolutely not. And was my abuser deserving of the abuse that he inflicted on myself and himself? No. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we don't, we don't deserve each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is all to say, though, Shayla, that Sam is right, that that you are a survivor, a human with inherent goodness, mm-hmm. um, and you did nothing to deserve the way that your partner tre- treated you. Absolutely. And not only are you a survivor with inherent goodness, but you are also an actor with choices, mm-hmm. right? Like, you are not the victim of circumstances here. It's not that you that the universe is trying to punish you for something and that you can't control it, right? Like you have the option to get out of this relationship. You have the option to never talk to this person again. You right. have the option to pick up the pieces and move on. Like yeah. you you have so much opportunity in front of you that you can seize, but you can't seize it, seize it if you continue to just sit back and blame yourself for the punishment that you think that the mm. universe is giving you. L, uh, long story short, you're yeah. a badass bitch. <laughs> Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really. Uh, I want I I this letter stood out to me particularly because of the the struggling with acceptance, mm-hmm. right? And Shayla, I'm also really sorry for the um, trauma and abuse you endured as a child from your parental figure. Yep. Um, but I think that that is what trauma does to us, too, is that trauma codes our brain to think that um, I'm made to suffer. I'm born to suffer. I deserve this, yep. especially ch- trauma we endure as children. Um, then we think that that is the story and the narrative of our life. Yep. Right. Um, but that's simply not true. Mm-hmm. And I need you to uh retranslate whatever that trauma trigger is telling you. Yep. Um, that this is not an extension of your story. This is just one road bump along the way. This is a lesson to be learned yep. about what you are willing to give of yourself and what you're willing to receive in return. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what love and dating is. For sure. Uh, people want it to be a lot more romantic. And don't get me wrong, like the great, ro- there is great romance in the world. And the greatest romance is with yourself. Mm-hmm. And that sounds cheesy as fuck, but it's fucking true because. 
the journey to understand yourself, the journey to be a true advocate for yourself and your needs and your boundaries is a long and arduous and beautiful one, right? Mm -hmm. And Shayla, you are on this journey, slowly chipping away at what your boundaries are going to be, what your needs are going to be, the ways that you are going to extend and not overextend yourself. And you are just, you're on this journey, right? Um, To figuring out what good, true love feels like. And let me tell you, it doesn't look a sliver of what this <laughs> motherfucker looks like. Uh, that's true. And I think this that... is a definition of a scrub. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. TLC, look yes. it up. Uh-huh. Um, um, yeah, I think that, that that conversation about acceptance is really important, too, because I think sometimes we conflate acceptance, acceptance of the idea that bad things have happened to mm-hmm. us with this idea of accepting that. I deserve these things or that Mm. the universe is going to give me nothing but pain. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that no bad things have happened to you. And I am, I am so sorry that these two awful men in your life uh, made you feel like you didn't have a choice and that you deserved it. Right. Like, I am so sorry that that happened to you. Also, I'm really sorry that these two men in your life, one failed you, but two, Made you feel as though you needed to love them well again. Yeah. You needed to love them right again. Yep. But we can't do that. We cannot love people well. Mm-hmm. They have to do that on their own. Oh, they definitely do. Uh, so, yeah. So it's great. And and I think we should move it through the world with the acceptance that bad things have happened to us. But we need to not prescribe any sort of meaning behind those bad things. Mm. Uh and that's that is really hard because it's hard to think that the universe is randomly awful, that it is like randomly just hurting people left and right. And that when that happens to us, it's like, well, it must have been something that I did. And if I can figure that thing out, I can keep it from ever happening right. again. And the reality is, is that the universe will continue to do awful things to us. It will betray us for the rest of our lives. And we can and accept And we will that. love right. despite it. Remember, <laughs> right. the, the word of the day is despite. <laughs> That's right. And we will continue to live and we will continue to grow and we will continue to put time and energy into head and heart work in an effort to prove to the universe that the bad shit that it keeps throwing at us doesn't kill us, doesn't bring us down. Yes, bitch. I'm a survivor. (laughs) Uh, And and that's what I want you to accept. I want you to accept that the universe is awful, but that there are that doesn't mean that there's not beauty and wonder and love in it and that you don't have you have the option. You have the choice to move think, towards that love. I mean, what is the relationship? I feel between... like I'm that crazy woman from the presidential debate. Yeah, Marianne Williams or <laughs> yeah. Marianne whatever. Williamson. Yeah, that thing that I just said. I was like, oh wow. Yes. Yeah. You're gonna solve fucking the political <laughs> crisis with your love. It's gonna be great. Don't get We're me wrong. I was vibing with that woman. I was oh, like, me too. I love you. I'm gonna buy your audiobooks tomorrow. I was like, is this what we sound like on the podcast? A hundo percento. Oh, good. You got to say it this episode. <laughs> Put that on a T-shirt. 100%. <laughs> just break up. <laughs> anyway, Shayla, um, I was just about to ask my best friend a question, which is I want to know the relationship between closure mm-hmm. and acceptance, mm-hmm. because I think that they must be very close cousins, right? Because yeah. we look for both. Um, because what Shayla is saying, too, is particularly she's really struggling with accepting that this fucking happened Again, like yep. yet again, she was betrayed by what yep, is a great sure. love of her life, right? Yeah. And 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 we look for accept like we don't just like my dog dying, Shayla. 
I don't think I accepted it as I was holding his head in my lap mm-hmm. as he was being put to sleep. I, my, there was, there's an inner child in all of us that all that inner child wants is to love and be loved, to be safe mm-hmm. and to be happy. And the inner child in me doesn't understand what Sam is saying, that the world is hard and cruel and and mm-hmm. unrealistically, uh, bet- it, it betrays us continually, right? Yep. But but there's an, there's an inner child in us that, there's an inner child in me that, that didn't want to believe that my dog had cancer up until... And beyond the seconds that he died. Like, I mean, there was a child in me that wanted to throw a little temper tantrum and be like, no, this is not real. Mm -hmm. I don't want this to be real. I can't believe this is happening. So I'm not going to let it happen. Right. (laughs) And I feel like I, I needed to lean in to the extreme discomfort that I had no control and that I am just a passenger in this world and a recipient of, of its, of its gifts when it chooses to bless me. Mm -hmm. And I think acceptance is, is is one step to some some sort of fucked up enlightenment. <laughs> and if that's not the most just breakup shit I've ever said, you know, um, that I don't think acceptance is a place we get to like closure. I think acceptance is the mind frame that Sam is talking about. The idea that awful things happen to me but I do not deserve awful things. Mm-hmm. Good things happen to me, and I'm going to just take that good energy and push it out outwards, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that is all we can do. That is the only contract we can sign with the universe, yep. is the acceptance that good and bad things will happen at a whim. Yeah, true. And that and that's what I can accept, is that heartbreak is out there, but there's also love. Absolutely. And, you know, great pain is out there, but there's also friendship. Absolutely. That's what I can accept, and that's what you can accept, Shayla, is is that you are strong enough right now. You have all the tools in your tool, toolbox to move forward, to grow from this, and to be better. Yep, absolutely. That, I think that's what acceptance is. Yeah, But agreed. we crave it, right? We crave it so bad. Oh, I know. And I think that that acceptance, closure, all of these are about how difficult it is to relinquish control mm. to the universe. Yeah. And this idea that if we can do this one thing, it will keep bad things from happening. It will give me the peace of mind that I have put that nail in the coffin of the relationship and everything is now in working order and I can control that. Yeah. Right. Like, and the reality is, is that we, we have little to no control over what the universe does. The only thing that we have control over is how we react to the things that the universe gives us. Totally. And so you have in front of you a slew of options, Shayla, and I know that you are going to pick the right one in what you need to do in order to move past this this horrible heartbreak that you have been through. Absolutely. Shayla, we love you. We fucking believe in you, you badass survivor, you. <laughs> um, thanks for writing. Thank you so much. All right. That wraps up the 50th episode of Just Break 50th. Up. 50th. That's crazy. <laughs> Should have brought champagne. Yeah, I was drinking coffee. Okay, well, that's not champagne, <laughs> and you didn't bring any for me. <laughs> We're going to bring some champagne to our one-year anniversary show. Our first live show is on July 27th. It's a Saturday in Minneapolis at Honey. You can find information about that at justbreakuppod.com. Great. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. This brings us to the blind date segment of our show. Every episode, we want to shout out something we want to send you home with. This week, we want to set you up with... Taking a class. What? <laughs> 
So I, Peter and I took a meat smoking class. Oh, through, <laughs> I was like, is that a, <clears throat> is that a brand? No. Uh, Peter and I took a meat smoking class through like community education. And it was like a, about what you would expect in terms of quality of the education. <laughs> um, but it was just really nice to like go out and try something new, meet some random people that live near us that I had never met before and like get to know oh, some of their story. And like, me. My, the mantra for my year, 2019, is how many situations can I put myself in, in which I'm not an expert in? Oh, that's because great. Because if you think about it, especially as we get older or get more into a routine out of school or in our partnerships or whatever, we become experts of our everyday life. Mm-hmm. And the true living happens when you are new <laughs> and afraid and an amateur. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and when you're learning, really. Yeah. So it was it was great. Like, I... I did learn the basics of meat smoking, but like we also <laughs> Do got you the... roll it up into a joint. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a really. Bad I know joke. it's also like we have made an Peter and I made enough jokes about meat smoking <laughs> and like oral sex that we yeah, yeah. we don't need to make any more of them. Uh, but it was it was just really nice to yeah to be in a space where I wasn't the expert yeah. and to like surrender to that and be like, okay, I don't know anything and I don't know what this what this night is going to be like. We made guacamole for like 30 minutes and I was like, why are we making guacamole and not smoking meat, which is what I signed up for. <laughs> uh, but it was just, it was nice. And it made me think about the ways in which we hold ourselves up and we only hang out with the same people and we only do the same things. and We only go to the same places and to intentionally put myself into a situation where I was uncomfortable and, and like emerge from the other side better off because I knew more than I knew before and like totally unscathed by the fact that I had to talk to weirdos who go to community education classes. Uh, And it was just like a really nice and a really nice thing. So my suggestion to you, I guess, is not just take a class, but like also, like Sierra said, put yourself in a situation that is outside of what you do every day, right? Like going to work every day or going to school or whatever you are doing every day, like take yourself out of that for one thing yeah. and make it a situation that you would never think to put yourself into. Yeah, totally. I just finished my fourth week of pole dancing class. That's right. <laughs> We're going to post some of those videos on Just Break Up's Instagram. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. <laughs> um, anyway, that's a great suggestion. So get out there. Be a student of life. We are not here to be um, hardwired in our thinking. We're here to learn. That's right. All right, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you all so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit all questions about matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com. This is the only place you can submit your letters to us. Uh, if we get them in a DMs, we're not going to answer them. So make sure to do that at the website, which is also where you can find tickets to our live show, merchandise, and uh, the Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Do this and, for real, y'all. And review. <laughs> Sorry. 50th episode. <laughs> celebrate the 50th episode with us by giving us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts yeah, or on Stitcher, do. wherever you subscribe or listen to podcasts. I know that I say this every time, but it really does help us reach it's more people. <laughs> totally helps us. When I look up a podcast, I look to see what the reviews say. Absolutely. And so we have like a great number of reviews, but we can always use more people. Always, always, always. (laughs) 
thank you so much for doing that. And also consider uh, supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you get an additional bonus weekly episode. So $5 a month for four to five episodes a month. <laughs> yeah, good job. Yeah, really crushed that one. Uh, Patreon.com slash JustBreakUpPod. This helps us keep the lights on and it helps us reach all of those brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music recording, editing, and producing by our great friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, today you have survived impossible things. You survived that heartbreak that you thought was going to kill you. You survived that class you thought you were going to fail. You survived that conversation that was so uncomfortable. No matter how impossible it felt to keep going, you did it because you're a survivor. You are beautiful. You are unique. There is no one else quite like you. And you are wildly worthy of love right now as a creature of this earth, as a citizen of this planet. You are worthy of being loved and cherished by others. And your worth is not tarnished by the imperfections or the way other people see you. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>